Hello and welcome to Beyond Boundaries. I'm your host, Justin Douglas. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode. You can find the show notes on pastorjustindouglas.com. You can support the show at our Patreon page. The link is in the podcast description and in the show notes. I got a chance to interview Graham Desert. Graham has accomplished something amazing. I won't give it away though, but we get into it on this episode. I think this episode is incredibly inspiring, even challenging and just all around a good shot in the arm for any of us feeling like we are struggling to reach our goals or even set big goals for ourselves. It's an amazing episode. I really enjoyed it. I think you're gonna enjoy it. Here it is, my conversation with Graham Desert. Well, Graham, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with uh, Graham uh, Desert, and we are going to talk about one of the interesting things you've done recently. But before giving away what that is, why don't you introduce people to who you are, what you're about, give them a little glimpse overview of just who you are. And then I want to get into this challenge thing that you did that I think is pretty amazing. So give people an introduction into who you are. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm honored. Um... So I'm, I'm Graham Desert. Uh, I grew up in a large military family of 10 children. Uh, my mom and dad, we would pack up and move every two to three years. Um, you know, so most of that time I grew up in Kansas City. That's where I met my wife. Uh, that's where I started my family. That's where I started my business. Um, and then recently, within the last few years, my wife and I actually moved to Carlsbad, California, which is where we currently reside. Uh, we've been here for about four years. Absolutely love it here. Love love the West Coast. There's some things we don't like about the West Coast, but I would say 99% of it, we absolutely love. We love this area. We love the community that we're in. Um, things that I like, things about me. Um, I love challenges. Uh, I love being physically active. I love music. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a vocalist and a musician myself. Uh, my wife is the same. Um, I have five children myself uh, and a recent grandpa. My oldest daughter uh, delivered our first grandchild at the end of January. Um, Congrats. So, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'm super excited about that. It's just, it's been an absolute amazing and blessing uh, to our family. So, um, you know, I, I love physical challenges. Uh, that I would say that's just something I, I really enjoy doing. You know, it kind of speaks to my heart, you know. That's, that's amazing. Okay. So, I got to tell you before we get into this, I, I, I heard your story or I, I saw like a clip about it and, and I was like, that is crazy. So last year around January, I was at my gym and I started doing Murph every Sunday, just once a week, mm. every, every Sunday I would do Murph uh, and I'm a pastor. So I would preach on Sunday morning and then I would go to the gym in the afternoon and I would do Murph every single Sunday. And then my friend Alex started joining me. And we do it together on Sundays and we were partitioning it different. We were doing it different. It was just kind of like, we'll do this. And then uh, for us, lockdown happened with, with coronavirus and we had been doing it every Sunday. And we said, and he was like, what do you think we could, do you think we could do it for 30 days? And so, so, um, so we started like this 30 day challenge to do it for 30 days. And I got nine days into it. And the reason I quit was because it required so much time. And for me, I, I'm a father as well. I have three kids. Um, and life was just very interesting in ministry with the challenges of going all digital. There was, there's a lot of excuses. Okay. But at the same time, nine days was about what I got. 
and he got he got all 30 and i thought man alive that's pretty impressive you did a whole year of murphs mm-hmm. an like, entire year every day you and and for those who don't know what murph is you run a mile you do 100 pull-ups you do 200 push-ups you do 300 air squats and another mile and you do it all in a 20 pound vest did you do a 20 pound vest every time you did it every time oh my gosh so so what made you want to do this? Because for, for me and him, it was more like, we're bored. This will be fun. This will be a challenge. We, 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 both, we both rode a marathon in the middle. Mm-hmm. T- together, we rode a marathon. Like, we like the challenges. And I sense that you're the type of guy, like when me and Alex talk, we always talk about crazy ideas. Like, how long could we run a mile every, every hour or something? Like every hour on the hour. How long could yeah. we sustain running a mile? Like crazy challenges like that. How long could we stay up if we did that? Like, Tell me how you came to the conclusion to do a Murph every day. That's a pretty big commitment. You know, it's funny, man, how you just talked about boredom. You know, people, uh, boredom has a bad rap. And you hear that, you hear that phrase all the time, like, oh, boring people are bored, you know, or Mm -hmm. or whatever. I don't even know if I got that right. But yeah, it's like at the same time, one of the gifts of boredom is that God will use that to for creativity. Like, yeah. Oh, you're bored. You know? So then like our, our mind starts to work because we're not meant to be bored or stay in that state forever. But that's where like some of the most genius ideas come out of boredom. Some of the coolest things come out of boredom. And I'm not saying I was bored out of my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying that I was bored when, when all this came about, but I was in a season where I was searching, you know, I was looking, I I was searching for something. I wanted something. I wanted that challenge. I wanted something different. I wanted more discipline. Um, And so uh, my partner, uh, business partner, Stephen Winterrode, who, by the way, is on like day 290 something. I don't know what day it is today. Oh, wow. He's on day 290 something. So he's right behind me. Um, He came up with the idea, called me and was like, hey, man, what do you think about this? And see, I didn't really know Steven as, um, I don't know him really, really well. I know him, but I don't know him really well. We don't live in the same town. Mm. Um, so he's not a business partner that I a, grew up with or went to college with or anything like that. Um, so I don't know him really, really well. And I didn't know how serious he was, but he, he was like, hey, what about doing a Murph every day for a year? And I was just like, you know, I was like, dang. That's crazy. <laughs> and, I, and I like it. <laughs> you, know? you know, that's like you're like speaking to my soul. You yeah. know. Yeah. So there was something inside of me that started to light up. Um, and at the same time, it was like the reality of like what level of commitment that would require started yeah. to creep in. And what really truly attracted me to it wasn't necessarily like, yes, it was the challenge, but it was like you know, we set goals not to get what you would get from achieving the goal, but to become the person that it would require to accomplish the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? And so yeah. there's this transformation that goes along the way. And so what this, what this challenge forged out of me um, was really what I was looking for. You know, the confidence, yeah. the discipline, the ability to create habits, the ability to break habits, the ability to snipe down any excuses, the ability to take thoughts captive. You know, the mm, Bible talks yeah. about that all the time. Take, take your thoughts captive. Well, I mean, there's all kinds of gnarly things that pop up in your mind, 
Yeah. That will talk you out of doing certain things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, we're meant to thrive. We're meant to, you know, um, you know, reach our potential. You know, we're, we're meant to, you know, live in abundance. We're meant yeah. to create wealth. We're not meant to be poor. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like, well, there's all these things that will come against you. And it's what I call the voice of opposition. The voice yeah. of opposition speaks against that and puts these thoughts into your brain that actually creates a barrier between, you know, what you think and you know, actually doing it. Yeah. Cause Murph is one of those workouts too. That's a long workout. There's a lot of time mm-hmm. to think there's a lot oh, of time yeah. for your mind to, to tell you, you can't do it. Oh, it hurts. So, you didn't, you didn't eat right today. Oh, totally. you didn't get enough sleep last night. You don't got it, this. You can't do this. Like there's a lot only, of time. Oh man. So much time. And you actually like, if you're not focused, you lose count. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know so exactly you what you mean. Systems, you yeah. have to have systems in place. And so when Steven brought that to my attention in the phone call, it spoke to me and I was like, yeah, you know, that sounds good. And I didn't think he was serious at all as far as doing it. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, no way this guy's crazy enough, and, you know, to do something like this, you know? And so then, um, you know, the other thing that I thought about is, you know, just the feeling you have, I mean, we're, you know, if you've done a Murph before, you totally understand this and you can resonate with it. But it's like, I go back to the experiences I've had doing Murph and it's usually like once a year, you know, and I've only been doing CrossFit. I mean, well, I don't, I don't currently do CrossFit and I'm not competing, but I, I did CrossFit and competed for probably two or three, three years. That was my next question. Did you have a CrossFit base? Cause it seems like most people who do Murph have some type of a CrossFit base. So you felt pretty comfortable doing pull-ups and push-ups and squats and running, I would assume in a vest yeah, before I this. Felt yeah. Super comfortable. And, and, um, you know, that was sort of my base. And so I'd go back to the experience that I've had doing Murph and it's like, every time I do it, it's hard. And I would lay down on the ground in a pool of sweat for 20 minutes. I mean, yeah, we, we could all relate to that. Like yep. I literally, I remember, especially in the summertime being in Kansas city or in San Diego at the end of May, it's hot. And so you're just laying down tired, you know, in a pool of sweat, just going, man, what did I just do? And so, uh, thinking about doing that every day for an entire year, really, um, you know, I just, it was intimidating. Yeah. It seemed really, you know, it just seemed really like a big, you know, like a big elephant. Yeah. I didn't know if this would be something that you maybe stumbled into. Like you were like, I'm going to do a week. And then you finished a week and you're like, I'm going to do two weeks. Then you finished two weeks and you're like, you know what? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do a full month. And then you got to the end of a month and you're like, I think I could do more than a month, maybe a year. And like, I didn't know if it was that or if you set out with the goal of doing a year. So did you set out with the goal of doing a year and commit to do that before ever doing back-to-back days of Murph? Yeah. I started knowing I was going to do a year. And you had never done a back-to-back Murph. Like, so you didn't know what it was going to feel like to feel. Cause I mean, Murph kind of really sets in two days later in my experience. It's like the two day after effect, the, Mm -hmm. you know, delayed onset, like, you know, muscle soreness is kind of where it, where it sets in. But you, you were able to, to just say, you know what, no matter how it feels, I'm going to go. Would you say the hardest part of it, would you say the hardest part of it, like as far as from a tactical perspective was hand care? Cause I know, I know that was one thing that um, my friend Alex ran into with the 30 days was like keeping his hands from ripping. No, not at all. Like no. I, I 
for me, um, I calloused over. Oh, okay. And I wore a uh, bear complex. That's what I wear too. Leather, yeah. The leather yeah. grips. And I did not struggle with rips at all. Wow, that's awesome. Zero. You know, like I've got calluses on my hand. Well, they've gotten a little soft. In the <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's time to do more pull-ups. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so so I didn't really struggle with rips at all. Um, I still yeah. have some some calluses and stuff like that, but uh, I just wore the, the the grips. What I noticed about um, the Murph 365 was the first month was probably the most physically demanding um, because your body's transforming, your body's adapting because you're actually not giving your body a choice. You have to, you're working, and then you have to recover within you know, tw a 12 hour period or yep. less Yep. and do it again, not 24 hours. It's usually like a 12 hour period Yeah. because I would do it at night. And then the next day I would do it like in the morning or I would fit it in wherever I could. Yeah. It was a floating timeline. Yeah. It was a commitment to me that I made. I listen, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it every single day. It's non-negotiable. It has to happen. I don't care when it happens or where it happens or how I'm feeling. It has to happen. And so there were times where it would move around. So my body just was non-negotiating, had to get it done, got mm. it done. And then your body just, because it knows it's, it's just, you just do it. It's it also becomes craziest, a habit after, thing. I mean, what's the, 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 the kind of adage that people say is that 30 days of doing something continuously, it, it makes it a habit. You know, it helps, it helps create that habit loop mentally, right? Of this is something yes. I, I, I'm, I'm, my body's a little more prepared to do this in the sense of mentally, it's a little harder of an obstacle to get over. Did you find that to be true or did it get harder mentally as you went through? Uh, well, it went through phases. So I agree with that to a point, you know, habits can be created in a short period of time, but you have to continue to make the decision Yeah. because, you know, I'll give you an example. 75 hard is awesome. 75 hard is a great, is, is a great thing that inspires people to get out and make changes and transforms people's lives, which is, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. But what you decide to do on day 76 is what truly matters. Yeah. Day 76 is just as important as day one, day two, day three, and day 75. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you did all this work to create these habits and then you can easily undo them. So the decision you make on day 76 is just as important as any other day. So yeah. you have to think about that ahead of time. So one of the biggest things that I learned was making decisions ahead of time. So I'm going to make, I'm going to make an example and with, with Navy SEALs. And so I've been here in San Diego and working with SEAL fit and some of these other organizations and being around the SEALs and doing a lot of their training, you know, you get to know some of the things that they do and they talk about their missions, you know, a four hour mission will take 48 hours of planning and preparation. You know, that four hour mission is, you know, it's never the same. Like it never goes according to plan. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's things that come up within that mission. So it never goes according to plan, but they always, it's always a success. Why is it a success? Well, they spend those 48 hours. Yes. They're going to talk about, you know, where to go and what to do and things like that, but they train for all that and they know, they know how to shoot guns and they know how to jump out of helicopters and all that stuff mm -hmm. and how to communicate and how all that stuff works. But what they don't know is some of the unknowns that could pop up. 
So what are some of the unknowns and some of the things that could potentially get in the way of your goal, Mm -hmm. right? And when they come up, how are you going to handle them? You have to think about that ahead of time. And it's like that with anything, whether it's business, life, relationships, any sort of a goal that you come across, it is 100% guaranteed problems are going to come up. Things are going to come up. They're going to get in the way. It's what we call restrainers. Mm. Restrainers come up. So you have to think about all the restrainers that could potentially come up. And then how are you going to deal with them ahead of time? So I've, I've, you know, at, at this point, I've had probably four years of training, you know, and maybe 15 years of training around goal setting and completion and problem solving and business planning and planning in general in scheduling. And so priority management. So I have an extensive background in all of those skills. So now it comes to a time where I have this massive, you know, challenge in front of me. Now I get to exercise all these and you get to think about all of these things that could potentially come up, you know, and, and, you know, some of the things, every single thing that came up, you know, I was able to work around, Mm. you know, even things that came up last minute, like, you know, I had to think about, well, you know, when this started, there's a global pandemic that started, that happened. Yeah. I wasn't planning on that. Nobody was planning on that for the first time in like human history, everybody around the world was, um, was affected by one thing. We all experienced it Yeah, and we're all experiencing it now. You know, not one person in in the planet was not affected that I know of, you know, sure there may be some in remote areas, but so I was like, okay, what if I get COVID? What do I do? Yeah. What if, what if, um, you know, I end up getting paralyzed. What do I do? What if uh, I get an injury? What do I do? What if, um, you know, I'm incapacitated and I'm on a hospital bed and I can't walk? Like, what do I do? What if one of my arms gets chopped off? Like I started going through all these, like it's, it sounds crazy, but it's like, if you're, it's that level of commitment, you know? So you mm-hmm. have to think of those things. Like, yeah. how bad do you want it? It's like, you can set these goals and you can set out to accomplish them, but what, like, it really just comes down to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think the, uh, you called them restrainers. What are some, so, I mean, obviously planning for your arm being chopped off. I think, I think sometimes one of the cool, one of the cool things about CrossFit is it does kind of prepare you to say like preparing for the unknown. Like that's what one mm-hmm. of the things they talk about a lot is preparing for the, for the un, unknown and unknowable. Right. Um, there were probably some things you were thinking about, like, how do I stay hydrated? How do I handle my nutrition? How do I make sure I'm, mm-hmm. how do I make sure I'm recovering well? Like, cause mm-hmm. you were probably going to feel some things in your legs running two miles a day, every day with a vest, also doing 300 air squats. You know, you were going to feel some things in your lats and other places, shoulders, you know, um, what was, what did you go into just on the base level of like, okay, I could cramp up in a way that would not even let me move. Like, how do I, how do I make sure I, did you have a regimen is what I guess I'm asking of like, yeah. Of like when you came in, did you have a particular warm up process before you hit Murph and then like a particular cool down process and to, 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 to alleviate some of those potential restrainers that could come up? Um, well, I t- recovery. So um, here's, here's the thing. I had limited the time, you know, time is a restrainer. Time yeah. can be a thing. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I run a business of, you know, five children, you know, married, super involved in the church and the community and a lot of things on my plate. And so it's like, well, I have to make time for these things. And so I did not devote 
a lot of time to warm up. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, well, you I have a mile spend... run, you have a mile run to kind of get your body warm too. Ex- which is exactly. Yeah. Like that's the way I looked at it. I'm like, I'm running, I'm doing pull-ups, push-ups, and air squats. Like, you know, it's kind of in, in my sense, uh, I don't feel like the movements are that hard. Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what's more physically, I didn't feel like it was that hard. It was more mental than anything. And so, uh, for me, warmups like included getting, uh, and I was taught this by a mobility coach. She's like, listen, if you don't have time to warm up, you have, you can actually think about warming up and it will tell your, I, and this probably goes against all CrossFit coaches will probably listen to this and be like, <laughs> that's not true. Don't do that. Well, a lot of what I've heard. In I'm, the a last year, coach. I'm a CrossFit yeah. coach and I'm going to listen to the guy who did 365 oh, murphs in a row. <laughs> dude, uh, because here's the thing, like a lot of uh, conventional wisdom um, s- says totally different than what I did. Sure. Like, no, yeah. like, and, you know, oftentimes when records are set and when you do the unthinkable and the impossible, people are just like, that's not possible. How could you do that? That's yeah. not healthy. It's not good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah until it actually gets done. Right. And then, you know, I, mm-hmm. I feel healthy. Um, so what she taught me was you can actually think about activating your glutes and because you think it, you're sending signals to that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And same thing with like in breathing patterns, if I need to breathe deeper because I'm wearing, I think I actually made a post about this, but like, the, what happened with, um, the vest, it's like a lot of what's really uncomfortable about the vest and running is like, it, it goes all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so I can't run fast when it's jumping all over the place. So I tighten it up. When I tighten it up, I can't breathe well. So then you have to breathe differently. You have to actually think about filling your full lungs and the whole cylinder all the way down to the bottom. You know, and when you think about Mm -hmm. it, it actually starts to happen. Yeah. You know, so, so that's what well, I that's where the mind, like you said, the mindset's so important because you're, you're, yeah. it's crazy when you look at athletes who really are mentally focused and, and even the placebo effect of telling yourself I'm breathing in more air, whether you actually are or aren't just telling your mind you're breathing in more air can actually relieve the stress on your system. There's like studies that have even shown just telling yourself that this way of breathing is better even if it's not, will actually convince yourself, like your mind has so much power over what you allow your like self to think you're capable of, like, which is, right. which is wild. I mean, I, I think it's pretty, it's pretty crazy to think like that you can tell, not lie to yourself, but you can tell yourself, this is helping me. Right. And, and maybe that was helping you. I mean, I do think like, if you tell someone not to think about pink elephants, the first thing that's going to pop in their mind is pink elephants. If you tell me not to activate my glutes, the first thing I'm going to do is like tighten my glutes. <laughs> like, does that make sense? So like, yeah. if I'm telling myself while I'm running in that first mile, okay, activate your glutes. All right. Like, you know what I mean? Think about that. Like, that's a, that's a good cue to think about. Like if you, if you have to warm up that way, cause you, were you finishing most in under an hour? Is that yeah. where, like, what, what yeah, was your totally, time? Totally. Time for most, like what, 45 to 50 minutes, 40, 45 to 50 minutes on yeah. average, because I'm not like sprinting every yep. single one, yep. you know, cause that and would, so that would wreck you if you sprinted it, but you don't want to go too slow. Cause you got that time, you know? Yeah. That's like running sprints, uh, every day, you know, mm-hmm. even sprinters don't sprint every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Did you partition it different each time or did you do the partitioning the same way? Stayed the same the entire time. What? Yeah. So there was no very like, so you just went straight through. 
I tried one time varying it and I was just like, that's too much. I was like, I need to, I, you know, I need to, I'm going to stick with the same because you create these patterns. Yeah. This is what, this is one of the things that I learned is that, you know, repetition is the mother of all skill, Mm. you know, until it becomes conditioned. And once you're conditioned, it's just automatic and you're just like doing it and in it. And it's like you, like literally it's so automatic to where today, if we just sat here for 15 minutes, I could literally visualize the running. Like I've gone the same route so many times I can visualize the route, the Mm. running route. I can visualize where I would do the pull-ups. I can visualize every single set and every repetition, you know? So that's like, that's the power of, um, you know, repetition is you can start to visualize it. And the visualization tool is super important too, just as an athlete. Yeah. So you did it straight through each time. You did a hundred pull-ups, then into mm-hmm. 200 push-ups, and then into 300 air squats for, for that. Well, I would do, I would do the 5, 10, 15. Oh, 5, 10, 15. So that was and your, then I'd so cycle you, it through 20 sets. Yep. So you partitioned it that way. You partitioned it 5, 10, 15. Okay, cool. cool Every cool. time. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying you went straight through, like from the top. I'm like, oh man, that's, cause that's a different beast when you don't give yourself uh-huh. the time to like recover for a pull from Cause part, part of that, like five, 10, 15, or even I did the three, six, nine, a few times, but that got really crazy. The three, six, nine got really crazy. Cause it's like 33 rounds and you get like halfway done. And you're like, I just feel so spent. Cause you can move faster with three, yeah. six, nine, but you also are like wrecked more at that point halfway. Whereas like, I, I actually preferred, I either preferred the five, 10, 15 or the four, eight, 12. I don't know. We played around with a bunch of different like schemes. Every time we would do it, we would do it different, but you're right. I think if I was to do it for a long period of time, keeping the same version or finding a version that like I felt comfortable in as comfortable as you can be doing Murph, you know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. would help me know I can keep this pace. I've done it before. This is a pace I can hold. Like you get, you gain more confidence as you go. Right. Mm-hmm. With, with, yeah, those, totally. with those it, things. Absolutely. And then, you know, the more you do something, the more natural it becomes like mm-hmm. breathing. Yeah. You know, like, Think of all the things that you've done every single day, your entire life. Mm. You know, what are some of those things like eating and drinking, breathing, obviously opening your eyes, blinking, you know, mm. using the restroom, sleeping, you know, those kinds of things. It just, it's so natural to you. Yeah. And so that's the power of repetition mm. is it just becomes natural. So, you know, the cool thing about this is yes, it's about working out. But in the beginning, I was talking about, I was very attracted to, you know, the type of man I would become to accomplish such a thing and to do such a thing. So now it's like I've, I've been able to take this, you know, one to two hour block of time. I always blocked off two hours because it's like getting my stuff on, getting outside, doing it, and then coming back, showering and getting ready for the day, right? That was all like together because mm-hmm. I wouldn't like put this smelly is kind of funny, but I wouldn't put this smelly vest on and like, then just change my clothes and go to work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Like change my clothes and hang out. Yeah. You know, like I would shower because, you know, there wasn't one time where I didn't sweat. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had this block of time. Well, now that block of time, it's like, well, now I can devote that to the highest value target of whatever needs to be done, whether Mm -hmm. that's, you know, focusing on my relationship with my wife, focusing on strengthening my relationship with my kids, reading books, journaling, writing a book, doing a project within, within a business, whatever, whatever it might be. And I mm-hmm. think that's the encouragement that other people can, can have through this is, 
you know, there's things in our lives that we, um, we can devote time to every single day. And this is the other thing that I learned. We, we as people have the ability to, to be, do, or have anything that we desire in our life with a little bit of daily work, mm. you know, and that's a real, that's a real statement. That's a real thing. You literally, especially in this country, mm. live in America, like there, this is the best environment to be in. Uh, it's a free environment, you know, free country, you know, with, with tons of opportunity, regardless of what is going on recently within the last year, it yeah. still is, you know, America founded on awesome principles that allow people to do things. So you could literally be, do, or have anything with a little bit of daily work. Mm. When you, when you were in that, what was the hardest day for you? Do you remember like down to the number, the exact hardest day or even maybe season or week where you, mm. was there any moment where you were like really sick or where there was just like obstacles yeah. in life? Like, I'm just, I mean, obviously coronavirus is happening in the middle of all of this, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I got I got COVID. Um, you, you did get Christmas COVID. Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve. And what day was that? What day was that in the? Uh, three hundred something. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I had you got COVID. COVID on three hundred and something. Oh my. Yeah, goodness. and so it was. I'm looking it up now. Day three hundred and like three oh seven or three oh seven. Okay. Like okay. Yeah. And, 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 and were you able, you were obviously able to work through that. How was that? Was that like, were you pretty asymptomatic in the sense of like, it didn't really affect you or did it, did you feel? Oh, no, it affected me. So what happened was <laughs> we're at a, we're at a friend's house and it's like, I just started feeling tired and I'm like, babe, we gotta go. Like, we gotta, we gotta go. Like we can't stay mm -hmm. here anymore. We have to leave. I feel terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, I had already done the Murph. I believe I did it that morning. Um, you have it all logged in your like calendar or something or like somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I wore a Garmin, so I'd have to look at my the oh, actual wow. timing of it. Yeah. So everything was logged. That's um, awesome. So I think I did it that morning and then that afternoon and evening we're at a friend's house and I just started feeling tired. I'm like, man, get me out of here. So we went home and then the next day on Christmas, I woke up and I had this massive fever. Um, was just sweating like crazy. It was like 103 degree fever, sweating like crazy. And just, you know, it was another terrible thing. Um, that happened, I think the fever actually, because on Christmas day, I filmed myself um, doing the Murph mm -hmm. because I'm like, number one, people may not believe me. Number two, um, I just, I have something to say about this because part of it's like, every single excuse you could think of. It's like, I'm mm -hmm. shooting it down. Mm. You know, I'm shooting it down. Yeah. And I had to think about this ahead of time because I knew once the pandemic happened, there's a possibility I could get COVID. What am I going to do if I get COVID? Well, mm -hmm. the natural answer for me was, well, I'm just going to continue on. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to continue on. I committed to this and I'm, and you know, this is, this is the goal. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And so um, when it happened, I already knew what I was going to do. And so I went out and did it, um, you know, did like a two minute, you know, clip of, you know, what I was, what I was going to say. And it was just, I think it was along the lines of like, no matter if you're sick or whatever you're feeling, it doesn't matter if you're committed to something, you can still accomplish it. Mm. You know, just, it wow. doesn't matter.
you can work so through it. So was Christmas Day the hardest day of like that of that like being being initially kind of like it was it wasn't the hardest day it was hard you know like i'm i'm used to like i'm okay with dealing with pain and things that are uncomfortable well my guess would be you must be if you did 365 yeah i mean yeah you know so like physical pain and going through like discomfort and things like that i'm i'm used to and i'm okay with Mm -hmm. um things that are tough for me uh was like schedule changes Mm. and um having to i'll give you an example i made the decision one sunday to uh do my murph late i woke up in the morning i'm like you know what i'm gonna do it late and um you know i had a had a great day with my family uh we were just you know enjoying each other enjoying each other's time i was giving myself an extra three hours of recovery every hour matters you know, when you're, mm-hmm. when you're doing this. So made the decision to give myself a couple hours of recovery. And through that, I fell asleep watching a movie mm. and, um, I was just really tired. I was on yeah. a full stomach. We had a great meal, great dinner, full stomach. My body was full. I had some sugar, like, you know, some birthday cake. I bet it, it was probably on my daughter's birthday or someone's mm-hmm. birthday we were celebrating or something like that. And we just, you know, I woke up from the movie and I was super tired and I'm like, dang, man, I got to go do a Murph. This sucks. <laughs> so is that the closest you came to like, like getting through a day where maybe you weren't going to do one? Like, was that, would you say that was the closest call or like, did you have a close call on any of these days? I had a, it was like, where it was like, yeah, Oh crap, a, that meeting went long. And I got like two hours to get this in before clock strikes midnight or like, what, what was like the closest for you? Was, was it that one or another one? No, I had one over the summer where I had to get back. So I was flying. Oh, wow. Um, I think I was in, was, was this when I was in Texas? So I flew to, um, I don't remember exactly where I was going. I'll have to look it up. That's fine. But yeah, I'd, I'd come back from Texas or from a trip and my flight was getting in late. Flight was delayed coming back. So I'm like, great. You know, like delay, like I know when I'm sitting at the airport and I take my vest everywhere I go. So I'm like, great. I know what this means. This mm-hmm. means that it's one more hour extended, you know? And yeah. So, uh, you know, I land at nine or 10 and I live like 45 minutes to an hour from the airport. So I have to mm-hmm. drive. And then as soon as I walk in the door after Put a long flight, it's like throw my vest on and run out the door. You know? <laughs> and so then it's like, I get, I get in at like 1130 from doing the Murph and it's like, it's not like I'm feeling like all chipper and stuff afterwards. So you know, I hop in, hop in the hot bath, which is something that I like to do for recovery is mm-hmm. like hottest water. I could actually sit in, mm-hmm. um, sit in it for half hour, sweat like crazy, get out. And then that just, you know, I can sleep pretty yeah. well after that. Wow. Wow. How many Murphs did you do away from home? If you were traveling, um, you don't have to give me an exact number. Was it like seven to 10 or what are we looking maybe at? Maybe like two dozen, two dozen. Wow. So that's yeah. interesting. Cause then you got to like secure a pull-up bar and like you know there, there's some there's some challenges there if, i mean i guess if you have a crossfit box that you know you can get into in the area you're going to or or someone you know that has yeah a, it's a pandemic man so all the crossfit boxes were closed yeah that's the struggle yeah you know so it's like all right well what do i do well i'd go look for like local playgrounds yeah yeah and so i would look for an airbnb or a hotel that was like right next to <laughs> 
you know, a local playground. So then I'd go, I'd run around and I'd, I'd take my best with me. And, and, you know, the other thing is one thing I wasn't planning on was like LAX, the airport LAX. Here's what's crazy is when I was flying to Texas, this is back in June, um, the flight, literally I I show up to, um, it wasn't San Diego airport. It was orange County. So I go to orange County and this is where like, I almost lost, uh, I almost missed. So I go to Orange County to fly to Dallas. Well, the flight, we get on the plane, we board, and then they're like, oh, there's a mechanical issue. Uh, we're going to have to deplane. So we get off the plane. And uh, at this point, my, uh, my vest, I believe, um, was checked. And so, oh. so I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, crap. So it was checked. So then... Uh, we get off the plane and then they're like, listen, uh, we can't guarantee that this plane is going to be fixed in time for you to leave. So we have to bring in a new plane and we can't guarantee we have a spare plane. So in other words, all flights are canceled. Like, and I'm like, Oh, freaking great. I got to get to Texas. I have a business meeting I'm supposed to be at tomorrow morning or no, actually it was that, it was that day that day there was a business I was supposed to like everything was logistically planned. Yeah. You know, so I would land and then I'd get there and then the business meeting would start. And so then it was like, I had to get my luggage, go to LAX and uh, I rebooked a flight to get out and still get there, but I would get there late. And so Mm. then what ended up happening was because I checked the baggage and I had that close call, I was like, I'm just going to wear the vest. I'm going to take it with me. And so LAX was like, no, you can't take this with you. This is a weapon. Oh. They were considering. They were considering the tactical vest with the rogue. So oh I have these my rogue. Gosh. The, the rogue. The rogue yeah, plates, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. And I have like, the same one. A, I have the same one. That's so. They're like. They're like. This is a weapon. You could use this as a blunt force object. And I'm like. I mean, they are. They are pretty strong. But at the same time, like, I mean, that's yeah. I'm like, dude. That's, yeah. At this point, I'm like, I've flown out of five or six different airports. Nobody yeah. has told me this. So you yeah. can't tell me this is a you know, oh, security, man. you know. And so then we're just going back and forth trading words. And then finally, the um, uh, the manager comes down and he's like, listen, you can take this with you, but you have to check it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Oh, my Full gosh. Sense. Like, I, I, tr- I trust yeah. you and so you ended up getting it in that day when you got to Texas then? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Jeez. I'm sure there was a lot of like, I mean, there's, there's a ton in your control in those situations, but when you're also like traveling and stuff, that really, that really challenges um, some of the possibilities that, uh, that it could go the wrong direction. You know, that's, that's pretty amazing. That, that story is pretty awesome. Um, what would you say? Like, I mean, obviously, um, you spoke about serving in your church and, and you're a spiritual person. Like, mm-hmm. would you call this in some ways a, a spiritual practice? I mean, I know even for me, I was doing Murphs on Sundays for a while. And, and for me, it was also this like time of like, just being alone. Like, like you're, you're kind of by yourself. I don't know. Like, like, I mean, not to get all preachy or, or spiritual in the sense of mm-hmm. like, I, I'm sure people can relate to the story that aren't, but I guess I'm saying like, one of the things I find interesting about the story of Jesus is the retreating to be alone. Like, you know what I mean? And and some Mm -hmm. of what I think is interesting about an hour long, you know, Murph is like, there is this like sense of like a spiritual practice of being alone and like doing something. And, 
it, it become it became for me at least like almost a a meditative prayerful practice of like you're running and you're just you know for me I had music but it was still like I'm alone with my thoughts I'm I'm, I'm, oh, I'm praying I'm like you know I'm so ha- yeah. tell me a little bit about how that was for you and what you learned about yourself or or your you know spiritually how you grew even going through oh that. man so good I, I love this I love this topic so one of the things um I started to do is I started to read the Bible more you know, like God's like, okay, well, you can set aside all this time to get physically fit and sharpen your body. Uh, but what about our relationship? Mm. Are you carving out time for me? And so um, I started to carve out more time to read the Bible. And one of the things that I saw in the Bible, you're absolutely right. Like I just noticed and I'm, and I'm new, like I'm new to the Bible. I'm new to, well, not new, but new understanding. Mm. You know, I, I grew up Catholic and I went to private school most of my life, went to private college. And, and, you know, so religion has been part of my life. You know, God has been part of my life. Jesus has been in my life. The Bible has been in my life, but I didn't really understand that explanation of it mm. and that view or, or, translation of it if you were mm-hmm. so um this has really helped me understand god in a, in a totally different way because i hear his voice more and one of the things that i saw in the bible and reading was like you're absolutely right jesus would retreat and mm-hmm. he'd go off in the mountains or he'd go off and pray or go off in solitude and meditate or whatever yeah and he would come back and some of the greatest miracles in the bible would happen after that mm-hmm. seriously and he would invite his disciples or apostles or whatever he'd invite these these men to go with him and some of the greatest miracles would happen after that yeah and so um i didn't really think about that until afterward i'm like what's interesting too is like people didn't understand it like why are you leaving why are you going out why are you doing this like this this was a practice that was really important this was a practice that was really important and i think i think that's yeah no there's probably a ton of connection there to like ways to connect that or analogies that you could probably use from your experience to connect people to just spiritual practices in general. Like it doesn't have to be the job doing a Murph, but just the value of a spiritual practice that you legitimately take the time for daily. Well, what I would do is I would mix the two, right? Okay. So, um, you know, initially in the very beginning, you know, gyms were open and I go to the gym, I do the Murph or whatever, and then gyms closed and I would just do the Murph around the neighborhood um, and I have to actually, it saved me time. Like I don't have to get in the car and drive to the gym. Yeah. You know, I don't have to like get all distracted by all the people there. It's like, I can just get in, get my stuff done and move, you know, and get it done. So it started to change. Like there's this transformation that started to happen and little by little, God started showing up more in my life. And, you know, I would start listening to different books, you know, listen to books and then I'd listen to podcasts. And then I, you know, sometimes I wouldn't listen to anything at all and I'd just be silent. And I would just, you know, pray or I would think, you know, and just get all these things that I'm thinking about, thought about, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because yeah. sometimes you have all these things on your mind and you just need time to think, Yeah. you know, and sort through things and think about what you're thinking about, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, it makes sense because we have so many distractions in our world, right? Like, oh, that, dude. you can't be distracted in a Murph in the sense of like, you got a task to do and that can distract you, but you can't turn on the TV. You can't, you know, if you if you're yeah. go quiet through it, that's... I I know exactly what you mean. You got to give your thoughts energy. So there were moments in time in, in those Murphs where, um, you know, 
my wife and I are on the worship team at our, mm-hmm. at our church. And so I would use that time to, and I'm totally new like, that is something totally new to my world. Like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, it's we stepping way out of my comfort zone doing that. And so that happened during this process, you know, happened in oh, October. Wow. wow. You know, I just said, okay, I'm going to try out. I'm going to, and I made the team and now I'm going through this whole orientation period, training period where, you know, I have to learn all these songs. And so I'd listen to this worship music and these songs. I'd memorize the words, you know, and listen to different parts, you know, and stuff like that, these songs. And so then like all of that is, is like in a way that is, you know, that's devoting time to a relationship and praising God, you know, and then I would listen to worship music and there'd be these downloads I would get. And I just get, some days I would literally just get wrecked Mm. because I would hear certain, certain things of, you know, I would just hear God's voice, you know, Mm. and how proud of, proud of, uh, proud of me he was. And, you know, he would show me different things of how he blessed me in my life. He would show Mm. me how he was moving in my life and I would start to see things in a different way my relationship with my wife um, just got better and better and better. Um, you know, leadership in my family, you know, mm. it took spiritual authority over my house and just, it, it just all these beautiful things just started to unfold. Wow. Wow. That's, I think it's, I think it's interesting that you, you're the type who went from audiobook to podcast, to also music, like, and also silence. Like usually people need one or the other. I struggle to do anything like podcast or audiobook while I'm working out. Like if I'm at like a low range, like just spinning on a bike or something, mm-hmm. I can do that. But you did all, you did all those, huh? Did you have a go-to mm-hmm. song or playlist that if you were just like in a bad place and you were like, I got to hit this, I guess we'll turn it. This is my pump up song that gets me through. Did you have any of those or, or was it mainly just like um, queen? We are the champions. Yes. It's exactly three <laughs> minutes. It is exactly three minutes. And I would put that on repeat, repeat and repeat and repeat. Really? And repeat repeat. repeat. Wow. Yeah. Because it just like, you know, I'm in the season of just repetition. Repetition is the mother of all skill. Right. So it's like repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. And it's like (laughs) that just gets ingrained into my head. And like, if you really think about it, um, nobody else on the planet has done this as of yet, which is I'm the first one to do it. My partner's right behind me. Mm. Um, Steven, he's on day two ninety something. Yeah. So I would wake with the, this, the day I realized that I was about halfway through, I'm like, Whoa, nobody else on the planet has actually really done anything like this. So I'm actually breaking world record every single day. So I'd wake up every single day and that's like, yeah, hey, dude, you're breaking a world record. So if you wake up a hundred to 200 days in a row saying that same kind of thing, breaking a world record i'm a champion like what mm-hmm. what do you think that does yeah that's awesome yeah because i think that mantra of like i'm a champion like i'm getting this done i'm checking this box this is going to be mine like that's that's a pretty huge yeah so when that song comes on now do you just want to do pull-ups and like air squats <laughs> like that song comes on you're gonna be you're gonna be like out at like chipotle and it's gonna come on over the radio and you're just gonna like drop into an air squat no i'm just kidding. yeah oh sorry like, like, it's gonna be so, like, it's gonna be so like it's gonna be so ingrained in you that like we are the champions comes on you know and you just yeah, like, drop. <laughs> yeah that's pavlov for you yeah right? yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah um so uh Tell me a little bit about your business. Like you, you, you talked a little bit about this. I saw on Instagram, it's leaders next door. Is that, is that the business? Uh, is that what, what you were referencing when you said uh, your business partner and, and what you guys are doing or is, or is that something different or tell me a little uh, bit that's, about. Yeah. So that's something different. So, you know, uh, I started my first business when I was 20 
And then about, excuse me, 2008, I believe, is when I started a roofing company called Roofing 101. Okay. And um, recently, within about the last month, I made the decision to exit out. So I'm exiting out of the company 100%, um, selling my shares back to my partners, and uh, then you know focusing my efforts on you know what what the Lord wants me to do next. So mm-hmm. uh, that's the decision that I made. And so uh, Stephen is a partner in that business. Gotcha. Um, leaders, and that's a that's a you know roofing and restoration company uh, with with a couple of different locations. Leaders Next Door was actually born out of the pandemic. Mm. And it's really, what's really funny about that, you know, in the beginning, we were talking about boredom Mm -hmm. uh, and how creativity is, is born in boredom. Well, um, when the pandemic happened, it's like schools get shut down. My kids are at home. We're all forced to like homeschool our kids in a way. Yes, there's like Zoom and like virtual stuff and whatever, but you know, we gotta, we gotta, we have to be there to monitor. Otherwise, it's like, what, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. So my kids, like, they're getting done with school in like an hour and a half, two hours because it's all, it's all self-paced in the very beginning of it, self-paced. Mm-hmm. So this happened in March. We still have March, April, May, and a little part of June. So three and a half months of school running this way. And in the very beginning, it's like we'll let them watch movies and hang out and chill and just kind of transition into this. And after about two or three weeks of just being easy and transitioning, I was like, I do not want this to be a habit for my children. Mm-hmm. They are not going to be like, you know, iPad zombies, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I was like, what, what can I do? Um, so as an entrepreneur, I'm like, well, I started my first business when I was 20 and that changed my life. So I can just teach them exactly what I did, but make it simpler so that they'll understand it. So the whole idea was I want to teach them, I want to teach kids how to make money in the neighborhood. And then once they make money, what do you do with it? You know, I want to teach them, I want to teach them the responsibility of giving, I want to generosity, which is huge. So how can I inspire a billion dollars in generosity over my lifetime? We'll teach children what to do with money when they earn it. It's a lot harder to teach an adult what to do with money, as you know, probably as a pastor, you know, and then, then you can ingrain the idea of tithing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So we teach kids about giving generosity, about tithing, saving and spending, Mm -hmm. and also setting goals, you know, like you want a goal to buy, you know, an electric bike that costs $2,000. Okay. Well, what do you have to do to accomplish that? Let's break it down over the course of 20 weeks. What kind of work do you need to do to, to, you know, make that money. And then, you know, when you make it, how much are you going to save? How much are you going to, are you going to give and how much are you going to tithe and all that kind of stuff. So you build all that in. And then along the way, I'm like, this is a great opportunity to redefine what leadership is because these kids, all these kids that live in my neighborhood, I have 50 some odd kids that live on my street. Wow. And so there's, they're always out on their bikes and their skateboards. And I'm like, man, these are like our future politicians. These are our future educators. These are our future leaders, first responders, mm-hmm. you know, folks in the military. Like these are, this is the future of our country right here. This city mm-hmm. is right here, like on, on the street and who's teaching them. Mm-hmm. You know, right now yeah. they're being taught online, uh, kind of, yeah. you know? And so, well, why don't I create a program that teaches them the basics of leadership 
and using business as an example. That's awesome. So that's what the program is. And so really it's all about shaping future leaders of this country. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, Do you, what do you hope people take out of you doing 365 days of Murph? Like if you could, I mean, obviously I think as your name gets out there more and more people hear this story, um, they're going to be inspired in different ways. But I mean, what, what's your hope that people would take away from your, I mean, it's pretty inspiring. I'm not going to lie mm-hmm. that you did 365 Murphs in a day makes me want to just go do a Murph right now. And I don't really want to go do a Murph right now, but like just talking to you makes me want to go do a Murph because I'm like, wow, that's awesome. But I also have a very challenge based mindset. I'm like, I'm the type who thinks about let's do a challenge. What can we do to in, mm-hmm. a, in an A to B kind of point of like, uh, let's just go do this. Um, yeah. But I guess like what, as you were going through this, or even as you decided to do this, what was the hope? Obviously you did it for yourself. I'm not trying to say you did it in with the intention of, of necessarily just like inspiring other people. I think that's a, an outcome of it, but I guess I'm saying like, what are some of the ways you've seen it inspire people? And what are some of the things you're hopeful that this story and this experience you've went through can impact other people? Yeah. So one of the things that I've learned and that I'd like to share with everyone uh, there's a couple things that I'll dive into yeah. real quick. Um, you know, inspiration is very temporary. It's an emotion that lasts for just a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, pain is temporary. The pain that I experienced and endured was just, it was temporary. It only lasts for so long. There are cycles that my body went through. You know, there are times where I was super inflamed times where I couldn't sleep. Uh, and then there were times where I slept like a baby and slept like a rock. There's no problem, no inflammation, no pain whatsoever. Um, and so um, the, uh, the boredom phase, that was temporary, you know? Uh, and so there's all these different things and even discipline. It's like people talk about discipline. Oh man, you're so disciplined. Well, that's temporary. All of that, all of those things are temporary. And so essentially like what I would want people to take away is, when you feel disciplined and when you're in that moment uh, of feeling and being disciplined, use that to your advantage as much as possible to get to the next phase, to get, to use it as a bridge to accomplish something. Use the inspiration to get started, yeah. you know, because yeah. you're only going to be inspired for so long. So as soon as you're motivated, you feel motivated, you feel inspired and you've got a goal in mind, you have to take action towards that goal. You have to. Otherwise, what happens is the gap between you getting started and when you felt that inspiration just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And the probability of you dropping off and falling away from that goal just goes up. So you have to take action on it. And know that like when you're going through dark moments, when you're going through pain, when you're going through some sort of suffering, it's only temporary. We're not meant to suffer. Mm. you know, Jesus Christ died on the cross for, for, for us, for suffering. So we're not, Mm. he already did all the suffering for us. So we're not meant to. So we're not meant it. That's why it's all temporary. That part is temporary. You're just, you're, you're just going through a, a period of time and a season, but you can use that as a bridge to the next thing. Discipline is a bridge between something you think about and something you do. Um, so 
I guess my number one goal is, is I would like for people to start to interrogate and start to question the different excuses and different things that pop up, the different restrainers, the things that get in the way of their goals, mm. start to question those, Yeah, you know, and really take that captive Yeah, and understand where it comes from and uh, understand that, how to get around it. That's good. That's good. I, yeah. I look back at like, even when my friend Alex did 30 and I was going to do 30 with him. And then like the time restraint became an issue. I didn't really have a plan going in. Like I was like, I'll just, first of all, I didn't know for sure that I was going to do 30. I'm like, I'll just do it with you. You know, whatever. It wasn't like a huge thing, but I didn't plan on, Oh wow. This has taken like two to two and a half hours of my day, every day, driving to the gym, getting warmed up, going out. And then afterwards, and it would be like, you know how it is when you go to the gym, someone talks to you, you get in a conversation 20 minutes later, you start, you know, like, like, and I, I didn't, I didn't create the intention. Does that make sense mm -hmm. of like saying, okay, I can't get in a conversation because I have a task to complete here. I can say hi. Yeah. I can say, I got to get going and move on. Like I didn't guard my time with the intention of saying there's a restrainer here and I have to avoid it. Not that that person's not important, but just to yeah. say, there, I have to avoid some of these restrainers. And I think had I done that, that would have been an easier task to accomplish in a smaller window of time where I could have also valued the other things I had to value on my list. But I think I think I learned a lot through that from the standpoint of like, okay, if I'm going to do something, I have to, I have to evaluate beforehand, like how I'm going to even approach mm -hmm. that task and keep it in the window of time that I'm able to do it in. And that's even when I was listening to you talk, I was like, that's, it's interesting how you even recognize like, okay, I have to, I know the window of time I have to get this done and I have to get it done in that window of time. Cause I've got kids, I've got a wife, I've got a yeah. job, I've got, you know, and I hadn't done all those calculations ahead of time, but had I, I would have had to be a lot more disciplined to get it, to get it done. And I think that's where, when you say like, get that action plan in place, right? When you have that idea or that goal or that thing you want to do, it's also like get that action plan for how you're going to deal with some of those obvious yeah. restrainers that are going to come. Cause if you don't, they'll be the first thing to kind of knock you off course, you know, at least. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And I, I shaved my head and I figured out how to take a shower in five minutes. Really? And yeah. <laughs> because I'm like putting the hair gel in my hair or whatever and like yeah. doing my hair or what, like I was just like, it takes too much time. So I'm just going to shave my head. <laughs> and so I shaved my head and I kept my head shaved and it was just like, that allowed me to move fast. And if I had to drive to a gym every day to do this, yeah, that's adding an extra 30 to 45 minutes, maybe even an hour of wasted time. In my opinion, it, yep. wasted time. Yep. And so I'm like, I don't have that extra hour. And then I could take the extra of, you know, five to 15 minutes of self-care that I would mm -hmm. normally put in like hair and like messing with a beard or, you know, looking in the mirror, mm -hmm. you know, and I just shave my head. I know what my face looks like. I know what my head looks like. <laughs> I don't have to mess with it anymore. And you know what I mean? So that's, that's awesome. kind of like, that was my mentality. And so, uh, and it worked because my schedule was so tight. Uh, I just went from the next to the next to the next and it just, it worked. That's amazing. So, Wow. Wow. Well, if people want to follow you, learn more about you, I'm obviously following you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to tell people where they can follow you or if they want to follow up with you? Leadersnextdoor.com is something you're promoting on your Instagram, but any other ways that they can connect with you or ways that you'd want them to connect with you? Yeah, I, I would say Instagram is a big one. Um, you know, it's Graham, G-R-A-A-H-A-M. 
G-R-A-H-A-M, Desert, D-E-S-S-E-R-T. And uh, so you can just, you can find me there. There's nobody else in the entire world that has my name. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty easy to find. So Instagram would be a spot. Uh, Facebook would be a spot. LinkedIn would be a spot. Um, you know, and you can look us up. You can check out leadersnextdoor.com as well for your kids if that's something that you're into. And uh, that, that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. Very there'll cool. be more things that come out. Like I'll have yeah. some books that come out here soon. That's awesome. Graham, thank you so much for, mm-hmm. uh, for taking some time to be on Beyond Boundaries today. It's, uh, it's been pretty amazing getting to know you and hear your story. And uh, I, think, I think there's a lot that uh, is going to come of this in the sense of like just opening up a lot of belief that other people can do really hard things because uh, at least the inspiration, I know that you say it's temporary, but it is something that can push people, you know, over the hill to just push to say, okay, I can do this. I can, I can try this. I can, I can actually get myself to this idea. And I think we need that inspiration. The inspiration doesn't get us, you know, over the finish line, but it can get us started. And I think, I think your story is definitely going to push a lot of people for some people. It's going to push them just to get off the couch and get active, you know, or for other people, it's going to push them to say this idea I've been sitting on, I'm ready to actually activate it and do it. And like, I, I just think it's such a cool story. Um, and I'm thankful for uh, for you coming and sharing it here. That's amazing, man. It's such an honor. And, and I hope that um, this story uh, basically inspires people and just shows them that, hey, there's a door over here that's for you to open. Mm-hmm. I can't open it for you, but it's a door that you can open. And when you open it, you're going to step into a world that is like so colorful and so bright and so much better than you could ever imagine. And so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I just hope that people see that door and I hope they actually open it and step through. Thanks, Grant. You got it. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Beyond Boundaries podcast. Thanks to Graham Desert for being with me on this podcast today. All of Graham's links are in the description. Make sure to give him a follow on Instagram and who knows, maybe even tag him next time you do Murph. (laughs) Um, Again, you can find the show notes for this episode and others on pastorjustindouglas.com. You can support the show at our Patreon. Uh, Any and all support is so appreciated. Uh, The link for the Patreon is in the podcast description and in the show notes. May you go and live a life that is beyond boundaries, giving others love, exploring new ideas, and championing belonging.